Okay, it is um, just past eight o'clock. That was that was wonderful. Myself and uh, Dr. Claire Minshew were both clapping at our window like this. Here's the last one, quick. And we were both there clapping away because we're both conveniently by a window. So yeah, that was fantastic. Um, so here we are. Welcome to uh, One Chat Live episode 44. And um, we'd like I say, I'm very, very excited to bring you Dr. Claire Minchel. Um, before I do, because I'm always worried about forgetting my fantastic sponsors, we'll get that out of the way first of all. So uh, thank you very much as always to my sponsors for One Chat Live, um, thebrightonbeardcompany.co.uk, home of some of the uh, wildest and exotic essences you can possibly get um for your facial hair um i've just got a new stock through actually so i'm particularly um in favor of them um it's interesting like i said last week i promise i've had four emails from people asking for beard advice because of covid19 i'm thinking of kind of diversifying a bit and just moving into that um it's wonderful it's nice it's good guys talking and one was a woman who was just saying i want to buy my husband a present um, what, what what essence should i get so yeah, if you need beard advice i'm your man as well that's fine you can do that i won't feel embarrassed and i will give you my experience um so yeah thank you to them if you do uh want to have a look uh, and get yourself something then make sure you do use the code rcl15 it will get you 15 percent off um anything you find in there which includes oils and balms and brushes and bags and mustache wax and all these things which the suit individual um puts on in the morning to feel human again there you go um also on my crib sheet um fantastic response for the early bird tickets for one chat live conference remember we are plan a is we're going to um actually do it live in the same place in uh, greater brighton metropolitan college um there will probably be if we can do it on the 29th and 30th check that yeah 29th 30th of october there will it's high chance if you can do it there will be social distancing still put in place but we're guessing there who knows but it's fine because if that is the case the college has a working clinic um and in there so there's loads of sanitizers a college for students so there'll be lots in place to make it as safe if we can't do it um then all of the tickets um sold will be transferred automatically to a fantastic virtual version we do um, with all 10 speakers and we'll still have question and answer sessions with all 10 speakers on the screen and everything so i do hope it is run chat live and not run chat here's another online conference but we'll see we will see it's probably in the hands of i'm not going to start getting angry again like last week but people please don't make a second peek please respect those two meters still um and that's it i'm not going to go i'm not going to go off on one again um so there we go so um tickets are for sale rcl 2020 uh eventbrite.co.uk i can fear i'm just going to mute that for a sec there we go um and um yeah just go to rcl2020.eventbrite.co.uk um there's tickets there for the real thing there's tickets there for the virtual recording which is going to be done at the same time like last year so you can get an early bird on the virtual one if you know you can't make it on the 29th 30th no problem get yourself a deal on a virtual ticket where you'll still watch it live and you'll be able to ask questions and uh, we will involve you in the whole two days um it was quite fun last year just addressing questions taking questions from online for the speaker on stage it was good um anything i need to mention um yeah just remember it is for therapists students and runners and coaches it's not my my big thing about one chat live is having a room full of therapists and runners because it makes sense therapists need to be able to talk to runners runners need to be on the same page as the therapists would make our sessions much shorter and easier and punchy you know if we were talking the same thing um so um the therapists 
tickets are more expensive because you'll make it back on Monday when you go back to college or when you go back to uh, practice. Um, runners and and the non-therapists, um, you don't get CPD, obviously, because you don't need it, but you will save yourself money on um, shoes, uh, unnecessary injury appointments. Um, like I said the other day on a post-run ramble, you'll you'll just be getting, getting less injured. I can't guarantee that 100%, but I feel that you will definitely be on a better path. Right, there we go. Um, that said and done, fantastic, brilliant. So talking to the conference, one of the speakers is here with me today, Dr. Claire Minchell. I'm very excited. A uh, little preview or uh, about Dr. Claire, in case you're not aware, um, definitely one of the most highly respected rehabilitation specialists in the UK. Very hot at the moment. If anything, during COVID-19, it's fantastic. I've seen more and more people having the opportunity to look at the uh, Get Back to Sport website and realize how much fantastic stuff is on there. The courses, um, it's one of these definitely, well, my guests are always people I recommend. So it'll come no surprise to you. Um, hugely respected in terms of research as well, over 30 published papers. And also the other thing I love about it is, you know, like people sometimes who kind of talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. Also um, won powerlifting competition back in 2010, a second competition, I believe. So definitely walks the walk as well as talking the talk. So without further ado, it gives me great pleasure to bring up here um, for a chat about strength training for runners, Dr. Claire Mitchell. How are we doing? Here. Yes. Here. Here. Well, That's okay. Technical thing. thing. Sorry about that. We were it's fine. Don't apologise, please. It's and not then, your fault. Uh, just my computer filtered everything you said after about beard products and bags. And I was left <laughs> wondering if you can get a beard in a bag. Um, but I will never know. <laughs> not a problem at all. So here you are. I was just, um, I tell you what, you've brought the person who came the furthest to the conference last year. Daryl Kruger came all the way from South Africa. So he's, he's come for you oh, tonight yeah. as well. So they, oh, well, he hasn't oh, travelled from South good Africa. Good to see you. Yeah, I know. There you go. Daryl, nice to good see you, mate. And Tony Hayden, he's a, a good friend of mine as well. Hi, Tony. Oh, well, we'll give him a little flash on the screen yeah. and there you go. Oh, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> he appreciate that? I'm sure he will. Look it's only going to be 15 strange. seconds of fame, Tony. There we go. And you're out. There we are. <laughs> so, yes, thank you very much. And Daryl, great. Claire, thank you so much for joining us. My, my pleasure. Second time lucky. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. It happens. Um... Bum, 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 bum. fine uh, just let us know where, where are you at the moment where are you hanging out where are you enjoying your lockdown oh i'm in the beautiful mauritius uh, no <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm at home in uh, in nottingham uh, actually my spare room uh, but yeah spending lockdown at home it was touch and go whether or not i'd be uh, stranded in canada for a while but i did make it back just in time which is good isn't it being in nottingham instead of canada uh yeah it was minus 30 so oh, right, um yeah <laughs> although i do love canada absolutely love canada but traveling yeah. up north is very important and very popular at the moment it seems from the news so i mean being up in nottingham that's a good thing i mind you, you're not that up north are you but it's I, north well, to me can tell from my accent i am i am yeah. even from even further north than yeah nottingham. there you go yeah. right well thanks so much for joining us um i've told people a little bit about you just in case oh, they don't okay. know but i think most people in here uh, yeah you didn't hear any of that no, but it was no all good yeah, i'm sure it was <laughs> but um i thought as always just in case there's anyone out there who doesn't know about you then give us a little introduction about your background and how you got into doing what you're doing okay uh i'll try to keep it brief um 
I suppose, uh, so I was interested in sport, ended up doing a sport degree, and then um, at the end of the degree, I discovered kinesiology, because um, my degree was done a long time ago, uh, and then got into kind of rehab. Uh, so I did my PhD in uh, ACL rehab, basically. Um, taught and um, was at Nottingham Trent University for about 10 years, um, and then uh, all with my research and teaching all with um, a clinical emphasis. So whether it with, was with healthy populations or um, clinical populations, it's all about understanding injury risk, hopefully, <laughs> uh, trying to improve rehabilitation. And then um, as I progress through my career, I've become more and more interested in um, translating what we know as basic stuff from sports performance uh, into rehabilitation settings so that I think there's a bit of a, a time lag if you like between what we know as uh, standard in in sport and performance and what and translating that into rehabilitation settings whereby we're doing exercise in, interventions and there's a lot we can still uh, learn so just doing some of the basics right is is giving us uh, much greater potential to be efficacious so um that's a short, short version, <laughs> um, but still I enjoy, um, so I run now my company, Get Back to Sport, and um, I'm no longer in a full-time academic post, but I am still research active. So we've just finished off a clinical trial, um, looking at the cross-education effect um, post-anterior cruciate ligament reconstruction. So that's basically strength training the opposite side, almost immediately post-operative to see what that does to the operative side. Might sound counterintuitive, but really, again, another thing we can use from sport performance into rehab. And um, yeah, just kind of enjoying, being, enjoying, I suppose, cherry picking the best things that I've enjoyed um, from my career and put them all together. I thought you were going to say cherry picking the evidence that supports what I sell and no, not, no, okay. <laughs> That's what you going to say. Yeah, yeah, I just, just been completely biased and yeah, <laughs> no, that, that, so that, that's, that's basically, uh, my, my background in a, Fantastic. in a few minutes. You definitely seem to me and, and I think a lot of the people I have, well, no, the most common theme of my guests on One Chat Live is people who, one, seem to be very modest about their achievements, which you've already done already. Because, I mean, the research world without you would be have a lot of holes. You've, you've published so many papers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but the other thing which I love as well is, you know, and that I, why I love doing these live. And if again, if people are just listening to the podcast, this is why I encourage people to actually try and come live and watch the web chat live as well. It does go onto YouTube because you definitely kind of, um, I mean, just seeing you there, I'm glad I'm close to my cam because I'm sure if I work backwards, my shoulders look about twice as small as yours. You need to see this <laughs> on video. Let's just bring this photo up. I mean, talk about oh, walk don't, the no, walk, it's, like I said. No, it's just this one. It's not so bad, is it? That's, that's okay. I mean, that's probably you at your slimmest. That's off season. <laughs> it's the funniest thing um, was, uh, well, I ran on my conference last year and um, he's, delightful people came up to me at the end um at the, the lunch break and said we thought we we're going to meet a giant <laughs> it's that guy is like five foot that's why <laughs> i was gonna ask how tall are you claire yeah, yeah. Me... no 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 i wish i, I played basketball um for uh, quite a high level always wishing i was taller so i'm only five seven five eight oh right. I'm okay. not tall no oh, yeah. it's that guy he's <laughs> in that photo you look 
so tall. You look very long limbed. I think I don't know whether it is. You look very tall in that photo. I was thinking she's going to be six two, six three in that, and the muscles no. in her arms were a tall person. But, um, <laughs> so when was that taken? What's going on in that photo? Um, oh, that was just a um, a fun uh, competition uh, in the gym, local gym. So it, well, I can't remember what it was. It was um, oh, it's all related to body weight. So how much yeah. could you bench press uh, half your body weight? deadlift your body weight how many reps in in, in, a, in a single session um and what was the other one um squat as well yeah. your uh body weight yeah okay so to make so me feel better won, this this was taken just after you'd done like 100 press-ups or something was it I, I won yeah so that's that was um with all the guys competing as well. So, <laughs> nice. I think I did something like um, 80, 86 deadlifts at, oh, um, on my body weight. So I think that's the bit that won it. <laughs> there you go. And that's a great photo. It's probably so popular on Google Index because so many people have gone, how tall is she? You do like a giant. Is. Isn't it great? I never realised because... <laughs> yeah, that's a great photo. But yeah, so um, anyway, right. So you are here tonight. Obviously, Run Check Live is all about running. You don't work exclusively with runners, do you? You've got, well, you're across all endurance sports and different athletes. But we're going to focus on running tonight because this is all about, as the title suggests, strength training for runners. Like I said in the kind of lead up to this, it's kind of cool in a way that strength training has become the kind of flavor of the day. And everyone's kind of, there's a lot of memes going around and quotes like you can't get go wrong getting strong which i know where that originated but i think that's a quote that can often get misplaced and what does it mean getting strong anyway which is a lot where kind of you come in play i'm sure so my first question to you would be these questions are going to be coming from a runner if i was a runner who didn't want to get into strength training that's the population or if i was a therapist talking to a runner and this is what they would come up with runners don't want to get big they don't want to get heavy they want to get from A to B as fast as possible. And it mm. seems counterintuitive. Um, even when you think about it in your head, I want to be as light as possible. I'm wearing the lightest shoes I can. I'm taking two ounces off my shoes. <laughs> so why the hell would I want to put extra muscle mass on and at the risk of doing strength training all that? What's your answer to that? <clears throat> if an answer? Uh, the short answer is yeah. it's a very similar question when you, we talk to women uh, who, and, and convince them that want to strength train because they say, I don't want to get big. I don't want to it's it takes some huge effort some absolute time investment in the gym to get big it you won't believe how long it would take to get big um so it won't happen by accident really it won't so that's the first thing um and then the second thing is as you know you you well know and probably most of the people watching this uh know as well we can train the musculature to adapt in different ways which is the really important and really excellent thing so if you want to train to get big you'll adopt a very different training schedule versus if you want to train to get strong versus um if you want to train to have better power for example each one of those applications requires specificity <laughs> um, of the training intervention so you know, it won't happen that you get massive um, over, overnight. You suddenly won't wake up. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and then there's a multitude of, of reasons why you might want to consider um, strength training because it's got benefits across the spectrum from 
healthy to, as you're you know, talking before about injured populations. So it's, it's where do you want to start? <laughs> okay. So you can pretty much guarantee that if someone's out there running, I don't know, 20 miles or whatever it is a week, they're probably not going to pump up as well. It's just not going to happen. No, you, you, what you might find actually there'd be no change in body mass, even if you adopt quite a, a significant resistance training program, you might exche- exchange some um, fat mass for lean mass, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, but, but nonetheless, think about that mass as being functional. So if you've got more muscle tissue, it's functional tissue versus the potentially the, the fat mass, which basically serves no function at that moment in time whilst you're, you're running. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it it would be really difficult to, to get massive overnight. <clears throat> I guess people it, it get confused impact. a bit, don't they? People see pictures of sprinters, and I think it's often important to differentiate a sprinter from a distance runner because it's like two different sports. And sprinters are big, aren't they? I mean, they're huge. Mm. But then, if you look at a distance runner, they're they're obviously doing their strength training and stuff, but they're not a totally different body shape, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And well, a good example of that, I think about Jonathan Edwards, remember the triple jumper, mm. um, how lean was he? But he was he shifting some almighty weights in the gym. But the way in which that program was delivered and designed meant that he wasn't lifting to get that hypertrophic, that muscle enlargement uh, response. He was mm. lifting to get strong, build the capacity and then to express that capacity. So be able to deliver it quickly. Okay, so there you go. Therapist or runner, you've heard it now. Lifting the weights won't suddenly put huge muscles on you. You're going to get functional kind of muscle um, uh, advantage from doing your training. and You're not going to suddenly pump up into Schwarzenegger. Um, So the other thing which often you can get across that to runners, but then does that mean that as a second precaution, just in case they're going to continue using light weights or just to make sure that they don't get big or how's it working? What's the evidence like in terms of how much weight or reps you need? Yeah. To so really, and I get this question a lot as well as, as you will do as well. So if you're an endurance athlete and you've got very little uh, knowledge about, um, I suppose, resistance training, you might assume that actually because I'm working submaximally all the time and running and maybe it's in a long distance run, uh, uh, or an endurance event, then I need to train resistance-wise, very low weights, and a lot of the time. So, uh, you know, it, it stands to reason. It seems like a reasonable conclusion, doesn't it? But the benefits to running performance, potentially injury avoidance, um, and other uh, other attributes, come from actually doing the complete opposite which is lifting very heavy for very few repetitions. And that's what pure strength training is. So we're talking things like, if we want to get into the details, a weight that you can lift three to five times, but you cannot lift a sixth time because it's that heavy. Obviously with proper technique, it's safe to do so, et cetera, but that gives you some idea about that intensity. And I think, a good way of explaining strength to people who haven't a real in-depth understanding about it or a little bit hesitant about developing strength because they automatically assume strength equals size which it doesn't now there is some relationship between muscle cross-section area obviously and strength but you can bias your your training to optimize strength versus the hypertrophic gains 
is thinking about strength as a fuel tank or your fuel tank and um some of the people i've seen in the chat box will have heard me say this before this is i think a helpful way to explain it in that um the strength is is your fuel tank it's your capacity from which you draw from so the strong the basic application is the strong you are anything that you do becomes more or relatively more submaximal take a simple example of standing up out of a chair and somebody who's relatively weak and frail it might require almost a, a, their total effort to stand up now you improve their strength top up that fuel tank then it becomes submaximal or less maximal increasingly so the stronger you get translate that to running then the when we start to get into the, the literature and the, the evidence about economy and stuff, basically everything becomes relatively less maximal or more submaximal, if you see what I mean. So the, the evidence that, that shows you running is beneficial for performance, it won't make you big, it doesn't limit flexibility, and actually it's a functional tissue. And the strength capacity means that you can draw, you've got more reserves basically to draw from. Okay, that's cool. So, okay. So again, I'm using this kind of idea. I'm, I'm putting myself in the place of a runner who's listening to you because that's hopefully will help any runners out there. And also therapists appreciate what their questions are going to hear when they start kind of giving this idea. So it's not going to make me big. Now, if I was a runner and probably some therapists as well, the idea of doing three to five reps sounds really dangerous. <laughs> that's, yeah. I get images now of needing two guys either side of me, squat, kind of spotting <laughs> me with a massive barbell on my back and I'm crumbling down, I need belts and knees, straps and stuff. How yeah. do you, is that kind of where you need to work towards? Is that your <clears throat> end goal? Should you start off with something lighter or? Yeah, no, no I'm joking. <laughs> Get the guys in the group gym from, from the off, just stack it up. No, obviously we, we with everything, we want a progressive approach and a, and a lead in. So if you've never done resistance training before, like if you've never run before, you won't go run a marathon, would you? So the same from a strength training perspective, you've never done resistance training before, it's going to take a little bit of accommodation and, and, and progressive approach. Uh, that said, you can quite quickly get into lifting those heavy weights. Now, just to differentiate as well between those big guys with wrapping and hmm. uh, the, the wrist wraps, and they're in there as bodybuilders. Their primary goal is to get ripped, to get big, hench, hypertrophic response <clears throat> that requires a really significant attention to volume of loading lifting heavy which is important but loads of volume maybe slightly less heavy than than we're talking about now although there's evidence to suggest that might not be the key um uh, thing determining that and then they've got a real focus on their nutrition let's assume that they're all natural um uh they're, they're looking at fueling uh, muscle protein synthesis all this kind of stuff so there's a real focus on growing the musculature whereas what we're talking about from an endurance perspective an endurance spot we're talking about improving the activation of the musculature and what we're looking at principally is that fast twitch capacity which again sounds a bit odd because you want to be slow twitch if you're an endurance runner but if we're thinking about that fast twitch as your fuel tank, we want to be able to use more of it. So the first part of any 
resistance training program that adaptation is neural. And what that means is the drive, the central drive, the signaling to the musculature is improved. The synchrony of firing of those muscle fibers, i.e. when they're activated, that's improved. So instead of kind of firing off sporadically, they fire together. So that provides more force as well. All of this has happened without any visible or measurable change in muscle size. Um, so, and that comes from lifting those heavy weights and uh, also potentially lifting in an explosive manner. So going quite, or intending to lift very fast. Mm -hmm. If we went slow, or we went to very low weights, then the preferential recruitment would be more from the slow twitch. Uh, so we won't get that strength gain. <clears throat> not as much, certainly not as much so as if we're up into the higher end of that three to five rep max. And it's a progressive approach. So um, if you've never done it before, just put yourself in the environment where it happens, i.e. It might be that you go to the gym and just feel comfortable in the gym and then you might get on some machines. So, you, you know, nobody's expecting to be able to back squat um, with control without falling over a significant weight. If you've never done it before, it's quite a technical thing to do and you might never get there. And that's absolutely fine. There's a multitude of ways you can load up the, the musculature without putting yourself under an Olympic bar. So we've got machines that um, I'm a massive fan of like extension machines and uh, flexion uh, machines moving on to leg press because it puts you in an environment that's controlled and you're able to load up um, the machine, load up the musculature and it's safe. So you can bail out safely if you're unsure. Um, and that, that same applies to patients as well and all the populations. So a progressive approach just go to the place that you've, you've never been before feel comfortable maybe if you don't know what you're doing you ask uh, a personal trainer there just to introduce you and then you start getting used to the equipment start playing around with the resistance <clears throat> feel what it's like because if you've never done it before it's a weird feeling and if you have strength trained or strength trained before maximal strength training feels very different to just going in to the gym to do a a general conditioning program because it when you're it, the feeling of lifting that heavy is just like you've got nothing left in the tank your muscles feel empty versus that burning feeling that nasty hydrogen ion buildup in the musculature that burns it's horrible uh, which is generally associated with more generic um I suppose, fitness uh, conditioning programs. So that feels very different. So again, try and uh, progressively build yourself up to that to be familiar. That's, I mean, there's loads in there and I'm trying to remember every time we, every 10th word I'm thinking, right, check with that, ask about that. <clears throat> but one of the things which Sorry. I remember, that's great. It's a huge, fantastic information. Um, the choice of exercise was one and it's so interesting. I'm taking off my runner hat now and just putting on kind of therapist hat, but it's interesting how exercise you mentioned leg extension machine um, yeah i oh, know it is isn't it i remember not i mean yeah, i remember years ago myself just saying oh no that's a dodgy exercise it's too much and, and you're sitting down and your hips in flexion and it's not a functional and blah 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 back in like 2000 or whatever but you're you're quite a fan of the um kind of like uh yeah that sitting down yeah extension of the knee, no? i love yeah. it i get all my OI knee patients in a leg extension machine or knee extension machine if we're being absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. on, on yeah. what it is 
um, because they can they sit, they're comfortable, they're not going anywhere, they're not going to fall off. They do the knee extension, which unless I'm wrong, that activates the quadriceps or the quadriceps is required yeah, to extend the knee, which you need the quads. So it's a fantastic way of isolating the musculature. Yes, it's open kinetic chain, mm. but so is walking, so is running. Mm. So if we're building capacity and resilience, then, you know, if we extend that to, I don't know, the tenderness structures, isn't it better to have a, a better capacity and resilience in those structures that might have been, um, that are load in an open kinetic chain way um, rather than avoid that uh, and it, as I said it's a really great way to load up heavy in a very safe safe environment um, mm. so it's completely functional for me it, I've never seen any research that has shown the the um, deleterious effects or uh, adverse effects of doing open kinetic chain exercise uh, even maximal open kinetic chain exercise uh, on anything unless you know some weird adverse event where you haven't warmed up so yeah absolutely a big fan of it okay so your message is kind of i mean especially people haven't got access to gyms yet um and hopefully they won't have for a while mm. but so as long as you're lifting something heavy and you know you're using the right muscle which essentially you are if you're standing up and doing a squat or something or then then that's cool yeah it's just all about really just reaching that fatigue by kind of three to five reps working towards that I, I would say I'm, I'm a bit of a, a stickler for terminology. I oh, say on. fatigue versus failure. So if you say fatigue to somebody, yeah. that can mean a whole load of different things yeah, to different point. people. So fatigue might be, oh, I'm knackered. I just, you know, I haven't slept well. I've had an argument or I'm tired at work versus failure. Failure means actually I can't do any more physically. That, that muscle is, is empty. Uh, and because we're working that heavy, then we're not really in that um, zone of, of thinking about tolerance. How much hydrogen ion or lactate, but hydrogen ion buildup can you tolerate until you have to stop? And that feels tiring. That feels yeah. tiring versus failure where you work to failure and there's just literally nothing left. That's um, a good point. But good point. yeah sorry <laughs> no it's great and it's sometimes it's important to depend especially depending on the person you're talking to yeah fear fatigue could be over that. i'm getting a bit tired of that now but failure yeah. but then sometimes i mean i spend my time if i do use the word failure with some people i have to remind them it's not actually failure that's actually success because by reaching that <laughs> failure point you know what i mean fair point fair yeah point. yeah um, i don't want them to think great i failed that's what i was trying to do because that's like counterintuitive depending success. on the person lift to success which yeah, is when you can't do any more yeah. You, yeah there you go <laughs> success um i thought Sorry, mike james thing. had a sensible question talking of um yeah i thought he did it started off i thought oh, this will be good mike james asking claire a question um, I'll show it because um, let's just get rid of the names for a second. I started hi, off reading Mike, it, Mike. Yeah, here we go. So Mike James says, hi, Claire. Seen any evidence, started off okay, to support the anecdotal witnessing of exponential strength development relative to beard growth? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So it was the letdown. It's so interesting, doesn't it? So, yeah. so we're talking the uh, Samson and Delilah here. Kind of, yeah. I yeah. You know the Bible's only partially based on truth, Mike. I don't know what it's like in Wales and what you're taught, but there's a little bit of debate over whether Samson and Delilah was actually actually happened. I don't know. It's up to you. Thanks, Mike. And at least you are getting a little bit more masculine again with your with your beard, facial hair. It's good to see you back in the game again. Well 
<laughs> let's give it a mic as well um if you guys have got any questions obviously then fire them to claire now is your time whether you're a therapist or a runner um let me just have a little look down the list dun, 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 dun. matthew scar's book says i knew there was a reason you oh my god it's all about be it can I introduce to you one of the best leading rehabilitation specialists and conditioners? Don't talk about my beard. What are you doing, people? Let's start <laughs> checking Thankfully, I out. don't have one. What that is this all about? Worrying, it? <laughs> um, right, I'm just going to scroll through the facial hair comments. Uh, oh, here we are. Thank you, Chris, for bringing it back to reality again. Fantastic points. I think many think their strength training has to look like running. Okay, nice one as well. Thank you, Chris, for bringing it back. I'm Chris Kitson. Um, yeah, functional training. Again, for quite a long time, the functional became a word that was having people standing on one leg on a fitball and holding a BOSU board in one hand. It's all kind of a bit weird. And yeah, do you yeah, yeah. are you happy using that word now? What does it mean for you when if you say functional exercise or fun? What does that mean for you? Uh, I don't know really. What what is functional? I mean, if you if you're arguing a point, any exercise, like, like the resistance exercise, is, it's functional. It will translate, as I said, the quads, extend the knee, you do something with knee extension, isn't that, you know, functional, therefore. Um, functional, like, I think you get fads, don't you? And you get fads and mm. trends. And, and I think the, the functional training, maybe we're talking about TRX stuff, we're talking about... Um, body weight stuff and um positioning and movement patterns and you know there's a i, I look i don't poo poo anything unless it's dangerous or it's clearly not efficacious um I, i'm not one where to put somebody to say that that's that's the thing to do the rest is a load of tosh um so there's a place i think for it and maybe if you add some perturbations in there as well it can help with a an end stage rehab program um or injury avoidance or whatever so i think fun functional training fine but it does not in my view replace resistance training for strength because we need that overload mm -hmm. so you're not going to generate sufficient overload to develop strength with just your body weight fact you'll yeah. you'll plateau you'll plateau at that now if you're putting yourself into environments where you've got a greater requirement like even you know jogging running you've got significant impact the weight of gravity and your body mass onto the tissues exceeds body weight by you know some significant factors if we want to be able to run faster uh, we want to be able to run for longer and potentially, although good question the evidence, avoid injury or run or run healthily for longer, then we need to have that capacity. We need more in reserve, I would argue. Okay. What about something like I'm just thinking of debates I've seen online. Often it's kind of kind of somewhat of a guru status preaching it and kind of people following but what about an argument like something like a lunge is always going to be more functional for a runner than a squat because at no point really are you going to be standing with your two feet together is does that got weight or is it still a little bit overrated and the most important thing is let's just get those muscles working um i i'm thinking so where my thoughts go are hmm. intermuscular coordination loading and then transition to the um, sport that you're doing. I think bottom line, any is better than none. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And 
some is better than nothing. To argue the point between a lunge loaded up three to five rep max versus a squat, um, I would probably ask what the specificity of that exercise is, or what is the muscle group that you, or muscle groups that you're aiming to do to to train, um, and then you could maybe have a discussion about that. I don't. Again, it'd be really difficult to evidence that a lunge is better than a squat in terms of transitioning to to performance i think mm. it's it's how intensely and how or the quality of muscular activation you're able to achieve now transit when i um talk about kind of periodization in uh programming and periodization in rehabilitation particularly when you're working towards the end stage of rehab where you're preparing people to go back to uh, in this case you'd be running their, their sport then you need those more functional movement patterns to learn to express that capacity that you've built. So it might be that you do loads of isolation work in the first part of the rehab, um, then moving slightly more onto a couple of joints, a leg press to a squat. So you're getting increasingly more, I suppose, compound movements, which involve a lot more intermuscular coordination. But at some point, you want them to be able to use that um in their functional um or in the uh, the world of performance that they're going back to so therefore you need a separate programming to to do that so that might be involving some loaded uh forward movement with with weight um maybe slightly less weight but going with speed and then you've got you know the stuff with perturbation training changing directions that kind of thing a bit of jumping that's learning to express and use the capacity that you've built previously so that would be my thought about um exercise selection that's a great answer it's fantastic yeah there you go um i hope that's because matthew scarsbury you asked a similar question i think there is a danger of i find it's easy once these things get over complicated the more complicated the exercise becomes or the more kind of theory that's put behind it the more likely is that you're just not going to do it or you're going to why you're doing it wrong or you're going to be um but um yeah it's an interesting one um what about talking about the way to do an exercise because one of the things i enjoy reading about like with the squat the squats often commented how do you squat you're supposed to do this you're supposed to get out of this depth um to do a proper squat you need to get your bum down to the floor otherwise you're not activating this as much and blah 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 but then looking at the evidence and just embracing i'm putting on my therapist hat now instead of a runner but runners stick with me put looking at anatomical variations in that not everybody is going to be able to get their bum down to the floor and therefore not they shouldn't strive to it's just the same as not everybody should have their knees always pointing over their feet for example depending on their hip structure and stuff is it a case of when you are giving people exercises do you embrace variety or when does it how much does the way you perform this is going to dictate how strong you get does that make sense I think I know where you're going at. Yeah. Am I am I a, a stickler for a um, a perfect form? Do you mean? Kind of. When when does form really place an important part, and how does that weigh against just embracing how a person actually moves? Um, so a squat is a back squat, a true squat with an Olympic bar. It's quite a challenging exercise. You're turning yourself into an inverted pendulum. So you need to have control as well as strength. So that's probably one of the last things that you'd, I 
maybe not you, but I would prescribe in an exercise program if I had the facilities to do other things. And it'd be a progressive approach to that. You'd get them potentially uh, a Smith machine first so that they're used to that movement pattern. Um, Because poor form, it depends what you define as poor form. So first of all, you're looking for safety. Um, And then you're looking at, I suppose, positioning such that um, they're performing the exercise in the way that you, the manner you want them to perform it, such that they're they're recruiting the musculature that you want them to. So you don't want somebody in a squat who's, um, I suppose, uh, in massive hip flexion, and it is more of a, a, a you know a lumbar exercise yeah. in getting the bar up. That said, like you said, most everybody's anatomically different, and and. I personally think that there's, you know, there's, you can do all manner of different squats, front squats, back squats, position your feet differently. A variation is important. And I think people will vary between within themselves and between themselves. And I don't think we should be too worried about people not achieving textbook form as long as they're, they're doing, they're safe in doing it. You can get a progressive approach to achieving that and it's doing you know it's, it's doing what you want it to do it's valid as in you you are recruiting the the glutes and the quads and the, you know all the, the the kinetic chain to uh, to lift and lower that weight and uh, another way you, you don't need to get your your ass to the floor um to to be able to do a squat if you're a power lifter you absolutely need to get to parallel and probably train just below that's you know if you're a runner you might not even get to 90 and that's fine um you know maybe you've got a, a something behind them like a a box or a, a you can do a box squat or you can do use a bench so that the they've got a queuing and a, a safer bailout if they can't get if they lose it they can just sit down you know there's, there's ways and means of adjusting exercise to make it achievable safe and within the parameters of that that ability that that person's able to to perform it um a bit of a long-winded answer i think that's fine <laughs> no 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 I'm, I'm 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 making these questions far more difficult every time you answer questions so wonderfully i'm i'm going to get progressively more of a tricky question and put you more um, on the spot <laughs> that's the way it goes here i um, might no, lose sound again <laughs> yes, i can't hear you man yeah that's good to hear actually because i'm seeing i mean not so much these days i think two months ago these challenges on social media and um, get your bum to the floor and i just think oh some people aren't shouldn't be trying to get your bum to the floor and again it kind of works into if you're a runner how often are you going to be getting your bum to the floor during a race of some form it's not really going to happen the same as you're not going to be touching your toes and you shouldn't necessarily strive to be able to do that but it's nice i like the point you made especially with the idea of people training at home obviously at home you can YouTube is a dangerous place, but if you can find a good kind of person, a good website somewhere that might advise you on form and stuff like that, have you got any recommendations where somebody could go to look for? Uh, I can't think off the top of my head, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Uh... But the idea of safety is paramount, obviously, especially with COVID-19 and doing things. If people get energized now to, I'm going to do some squats or lunges, lovely, put a seat behind you. You know, have a yeah. fill, you know, if you can't get up again. Not you don't on have wheels. No, no, not a wheelie <laughs> office chair. Yeah. Or a fitball. Or a, a fitball you've just found from your loft after I've seen too many of them back in 2000. There's some catastrophic videos out there. They're... 
terrible. Just uh, why the manager you? was anyway, saving some money. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, fine. Okay. Fantastic. No, great answers. Brilliant. Um, I like that. So yeah. Let's just move down a little bit down the list. We've got some questions coming in. And now you've heard Dr. Claire in action. Uh, the questions are coming out now. Um, David Russell. Hey, Dave, how are you doing, mate? Nice to see you in here. Um, let's put it up on the screen. David Russell, is there a difference between S&C for rehab versus ongoing injury prevention? Not just me answering the tricky questions. Mm. I'm you... just going to go, no. <laughs> Thank you very much, David. Nice to see you. Um... <laughs> um... Clearly, it depends. Again, this is this is the the key difference. What's the specificity of the exercise or the SNC program? So, what are you trying? Specificity. What is it that you're trying to improve? And then you design the program around that with the right overload and progression built in. So, those three. If you're watching the webinar I did with uh, Benoit last last night, this and I know there's several of you that have done my courses on online. Specificity overload and progression the, the principles that, that underpin any program design whether that be performance whether it be rehab um, another one of those things we've brought in from performance into a rehab setting to improve uh, um, program design uh, and that can apply to strength it can apply to flexibility it can apply to endurance it can apply to to anything so the bottom line no there's no difference because strength and conditioning is a, a massive topic but in terms of the exercise selection and what you're doing to prevent injury versus somebody who's acutely post-operative or acutely injured then clearly there's going to be a very big difference in the exercise that you give them any one moment in time there you go you happy with that david if you're not then just write another question we'll come back to you that's to answer it dave sorry there you go that's <laughs> that dave cool uh tony no tony it's another beard question this is just like oh, I hope this doesn't come. Do we get oh no actually it starts off beard and then moves on tony hayden says i can't grow a beard either sorry about that tony but www.thebrightonbeardcompany.co.uk does have a, a blog on a how growing. to yeah it does on oh. how to yeah by putting conditions in your face and combing it and stimulating hair growth oh. it's all there I dave try that one now that's all there. But anyway, then he moves on to Claire. How important is the upper body strength? Good question, Tony. Mm. Upper body strength for runners, brackets, the legs element is obvious, the upper body less so. Do yeah. runners need to be doing upper body stuff? Very good. I was thinking about this before I came on. Um, I don't know. So from an evidence-based perspective, I don't think we've got there. You know, we're struggling to get there with, with, uh, with lower limb, aren't we? But it's always struck me, and probably you're having the same thoughts, Tony, that um, there's probably merit in doing the whole body as well. So you do use your arms whilst you're running. And this really came like to my mind probably about maybe four years ago. I was with a, a friend um, and colleague who was at the time heavily involved in the, the speed skating here in, in Nottingham. And I was just watching them and their legs are massive. But yet they've got these, you know, really, really, by com comparison, thin uh, arms. And you'd think, well, maybe that's for a weight perspective. But again, they use their arms a lot. And you're thinking about, about the whole body coordination. So I don't have a definitive answer, Tony, but my thoughts would be um, what resources and time do you have? Prioritise the lower limb. Um, and then if you've got the opportunity to do upper limb, do the upper limb as well um again using that uh strength training approach so that you're not going unless you want to get 
big guns. I don't know uh, as a runner, but if you want to stay fairly lean um, or relatively small, or should I say, you don't want a hypertrophic effect, then go with that strength training uh, approach as well. And maybe you could do them whilst you're resting in between sets. So do a, a lower body and then an upper body um, to save some time or, or allay boredom. So I think it probably does play in a, a an effect. It has an effect and a role. Quantifying that, though, I think it's quite, quite difficult in terms of propulsion. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's something that I would actively avoid. Very good, Tony. How about um, things like kind of recruiting more the midsection or the core, or just that whole yeah. midsection by doing exercises with kind of overhead lifting and stuff that gets goes in and out of phase depending on authors that kind of suggest it. Is that something you've got involved in having people doing lunges but with an overhead press at the same time or something? Or uh, it, probably, well, no is is the answer to that. Um, but that's not necessarily again because it's something that. I vehemently disagree with it's just the time that you spend with people and the the remit that you you have so that you are an entire person <laughs> mm. so you, you don't just although it looks like you just run with your legs there's there's the entire you know equal opposite reaction going up the the body a stabilization effect from the the core and the propulsion as well from the upper limb so it's it's a whole body exercise actually isn't it so um, there would be merit in in training other elements of of the muscular, uh, sorry, of the of the body for that reason. And maybe when you're approaching that, if it's an end stage rehab program, then you that functional type of activity might be more relevant there, um, or as a separate programming within a within a rehab, or indeed a performance base uh the rehabilitation if you've got the luxury of the extra time in there to do it i mean yeah i think that's a big answer as well isn't it runners just want to get i mean we know that to be a bit to be a better runner you need to run and there's obviously a certain amount of strength <laughs> training involved in running but so you're not gonna have a lot of time so yeah i, I think that's a, a reoccurring theme is concentrate on what's gonna help you most first of all and if you've got some time left over and it's not encroaching in your recovery if you're not kind of encroaching on that which is an important thing as well but yeah good question thanks tony and uh yeah good luck with the beer um <laughs> let's have a look matthew walsh hey matt how you doing um because of the beard i'm just checking yeah it's fine i can let this through here we go matthew walsh timing of strength days versus speed workouts post question mark and if so how much separation time is in ideal yeah timing of strength Days. so do you do your strength the same days or after your speed workouts or before uh, or if you do it on different days how much time do you need between or okay yeah. sorry matthew i, I think i to understand that uh so how how to separate out i guess your training isn't it so um again it's depend it will be ultimately the de de dependent on what time you have um because you know we're not all elite athletes where we do this for a job um, and we've got life commitments, so we just ram stuff in where we can sometimes, don't we? But like you were saying before, we need to be cognizant of, of recovery to make sure we're not um, attenuating any adaptation that we're trying to provoke. So any improvement in performance is happening during rest. It's not happening during the time that we're, we're performing. It's in the recovery sessions. So... Um, as best as possible, it's better to separate out strength training and 
very intense endurance training because there's that potential for the um, interference effect. Um, it's called concurrent training or non-concurrent training. Um, now, for your average person who just likes running, um, maybe likes going to the gym, and they're not um, looking for those huge performance gains, it's probably no big deal. Just do some strength training. It will benefit you. For those people that are looking for um, performance gains in running, then it probably will play a little bit more of a role. Or you might want to think about it in more detail. If you're able to separate out your strength and endurance sessions, do that and try and do that by days or indeed do. And then I suppose you're thinking about the, the when you do have one, a race calendar <laughs> when, we're, when we're allowed to, to get back to uh, competition, because that's where you look at your if you're fit and well and we're not rehabbing, look at your calendar of events and then work backwards from that. And think about a periodized approach. So if you're looking on a macro scale, so you've got different cycles. You've got the macro cycle, which is usually a year, um, or unless you're a, a, an Olympic athlete, it might be a four-year <laughs> um, big cycle. Then you've got kind of meso cycles, which are blocks within that, and then micro cycles, which are smaller. But on a, a generic level, think about what your race calendar is. Think about when you're needing to peak for your performance and work backwards from that. So clearly, whilst you're racing hard and frequently, you don't want to be absolutely hammering yourself in the gym six days a week, you know, or doing loads of really um, loads of endurance workouts or strength work and speed workout all at the same time. You want to be peaking performance. So prior to that, you need to make sure you've got blocks of strength work in there. Um, and that might be over, a, let's say, a four week period. It's, it's easy to remember um, or indeed a 12 week period. So you're doing blocks and cycles of, of um, strength training and then a bit of a recovery and then a, a, another and then a recovery um, to marry up to. You know, you've got a, a decent recovery before then you're going to race. So on a big scale within a week. If you're thinking about your weekly training schedule and how you should put that together, if you're able to have that luxury where you can um, block out any time you want for training, that takes priority. And, you know, you work and fit in around that and so can your kids and everything. You know, <laughs> then then that utopic world, you might want to consider um, training, leaving, let's say, 24 hours between a strength session and a quite a um should we say intense um endurance or running session uh whereby you again you, you're looking for performance gains it's not a recovery session for example uh and the reasons for that are potentially the muscle damage effects you might get you might feel a little bit sore as well if you can't do that um you can think about blocking it so doing maybe three days or two days uh, strength training over three day three day period. Have a day break and then do a block of your endurance work or your running work. And if you can't do that, or that doesn't appeal to you, or logistics wise, you can't do that. Try do your strength work before you do your running within the day. So you might in the morning do a workout, and in the evening do another workout. So just be, you know, it's 
it's difficult because we we live busy lives but just be mindful that what's the bigger picture and then split that up into smaller pictures and then think about how you you operate you know how your life operates and what what you're able to do and if you're able to get a couple of strength sessions in a week if you're able to do that you make sure the quality sessions you're doing you know a decent lifting heavy doing a decent volume you're doing that for a period of time then it might not be ideally situated within the week but if you're doing that for a block of time then you've got a recovery period then you can, you can, can go again um if that makes that makes sense so try not to do everything all at once <laughs> short answer that's a short answer there you yeah. go and uh, no great um great advice i hope that helps you matt it's interesting we said like yeah work it out in blocks look at the bigger picture like the whole year then think of it right i'm going to do this every week now runners are famous for doing that they're great at organizing their one week and they have their long run and their kind of like interval training but they'll do that 52 mm -hmm. weeks a year they forget about like you say the macro cycle the bigger thing well you um, know if you're not performance or you know um i say performance orientated if you're not really striving for your marathon performance sub whatever you, you want to get to or uh, your 10Ks or, or what you've not got that calendar whereby you, you really have got those goals. You just want to show up and enjoy them. Then it doesn't matter so much. And, and just go by soreness, really. If you can give a day between a strength workout session and uh, a really intense uh, running session, then then try and do that. Mm -hmm. Cool. There you go, Matthew. Hope that helps. Um, time is cracking on, so I'm going to scroll through. Okay, Claire, welcome to um, 20 Second Answers. Are you ready? Oh, gosh. I'm going to get a, <laughs> a, t a timer thing in the corner you know, for this. If I can do future. that, I tell you, it's some of the people that normally will be. Uh, let me pick questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Chris makes a good point. It's not necessarily a question, but it's just a point going back to functional training. Um, Chris Mulvaney says, surely functional training is any training specifically geared and progressed towards the actual event itself. Here, here, Chris. Yeah, nice, nice definition. I like that. It's even got the name in the, the background of the day. Yeah. Very nice. Well very read. Nice. Very professional. Matthew Scar's book continues with, um, I'll bring it out one. If the initial gains in strength are neural, is there a suggestion that we should be training relative to our chosen sport? uh does that mean doing the actions of the sport itself do you think that we should be training relative to our chosen sport what the exercises we choose should be mimicking the actions matt come back to us not sure about that 20 not seconds sure is up. Sorry. <laughs> georgia zolosi can say that after a couple of gin tonics i think it's georgia zolosi does uphill running and running up on stairs counter strength training great question georgia i like it um i'm gonna say no probably. oh and you should look, say that look, <laughs> georgia i'll how, say yes how, okay but how, <laughs> how how fit and active you you look i'm gonna say no uh <laughs> if however you're carrying your child you've got twins and a backpack on and you can only manage three stairs then maybe <laughs> um you will get some anything you do that's novel you'll get some some adaptation you might get a little bit of strength gain you might some right force development you might be able to speak a foreign language you might you know, but that will plateau quickly and then you need to have that specificity if you really want to improve strength we need to design a program to improve strength if you want to improve high intensity endurance then maybe uphill running with um, a very steep incline for i don't know over 30 seconds then that's something that's different mm -hmm. 
she's a stickler for what she defines as um, strength, I'm afraid, Georgia. But you'll see that. It's a common theme. It's fine. It's important. Um, it's, it's important, important because else we're shooting in the dark, aren't we? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is strength training, Georgia. Don't worry, you're fine. No, it's not at all. I agree with you, Claire. It's fine. <laughs> uh, let's get out of the way. Right, Terry, I've got a question, please. Go on then, Terry. We're running out of time, but I've always got time for you. Do runners need more miles? Oh, that's a big open question. Do they need more miles or more strength? Well, it's going to be a depends, isn't it? We, yeah. Uh, sorry, Terry. It is a big depends. Kind of big depends. Uh, which, which, which length? Uh, I know what runners, endurance runners. Yeah. Um, where experience levelness yeah i think that that's probably a lengthy big question answer, terry i'm afraid that's fine you i want... know you got go, go on. on i was there gonna say go. if, if if you want to connect with me on twitter or email or whatever and then you've got it that's a good if, point people can I'm more than happy to to engage with well now you've invited that now i guess i'll put up your what what address would they like to to engage in contact with <laughs> so you on, then a twitter at claire underscore Minchel. Um, and then um, yeah. right so, so Claire underscore Mitchell is that your Twitter it's one? It's a capital C and a capital M oh I'm sorry but would that yeah, make a difference? Uh, would that make a difference? I don't, no, I don't, I don't know, know. there's I'll a question there. back I've got no idea <laughs> but that's the spelling yeah um, um Yep. If, on my website, getbacktosport.com, um, you can have a, a, a peruse around there on, on um, different uh, pages, but there's also a contact me page as well so that you'll get get my email on there. There you go. That's a nice one as well. Yes, yeah, so up on that web page, which you all need to be running along to, there is a contact form on there. So that's a good one as well. Fantastic. Right. Um, there. Right. I don't want to keep it too long, Claire. There are other questions here. Let me just have a quick scan through there. I'm sorry you haven't had time to ask these. Oh, there's a load there for you. I tell you what, all these questions, they will still stay in the comments section. Um, so maybe Claire will have a look and maybe reply back in her own time when she has a trail through them. Oh, look at some great questions. Why do you start asking them now? It's really 906. <laughs> I can Dave, stay on for a little bit longer if you, you know. I've got Dave to... says thanks. That's nice. Uh, should have had when the body starts to fatigue, Daryl says it's important that you should have upper body strength. Well, there's a whole thing, isn't there, about mimicking the fatigue. Fatigue. Oh, can you say fatigue at the end of a run? Yeah, you don't fail at the end of a run. Yeah. Yeah. Are you on the floor? <laughs> yeah, that's when strength's going to help show through. Um, okay, last question then, because I know it's knees and Claire does love a knee question. Let's put this on here now. Let's show it and get rid of that. So, um, James Nicholson says, as someone who suffers from sore, stiff knees periodically from running, any particular strength training that could help? Thanks. Hiya, yeah. James. <laughs> Thanks for that one. Uh, <laughs> why have you got stiff and sore knees? Uh, I would say um, try, I'm making some assumptions here, um, and it would be a, a trial and error approach, but if you've got stiff, sore knees, from running maybe try some open kinetic chain strength exercises so doing your knee extensions uh with with weight rather than compressive just to start with to see how you get on with that um don't forget hamstrings as well and you know we're talking about um 
basically the lower limb, won't we? But but don't just assume it's the quads, and this is for everybody for for running. Think about the stuff you can't see. So when you people love looking in a mirror, and I'm a mirror athlete, and you train what's in front of you. But hamstrings are so vitally important. The glutes as well, the the, the hip musculature, um, and then also you you know soleus obviously, uh, and the calf complex. So um, try and and think about the multitude of muscle groups, but for that particular thing i might if we, obviously we'd have a chat and figure that out but i'd try possibly some open kinetic uh, chain strength exercise um see how you get on with that depends what the cause is it's always going to be a depends you can tell a sign of a good therapist or conditioning or anything it's going to be, it depends doesn't it? it depends but yeah really nice advice about don't assume it's always going to be what you can see in a mirror that's brilliant hamstrings in particular like you said i think there's some good research showing that yeah hamstrings can be very um the culprits and knee pain so yeah check out especially if you're using your hamstrings an awful lot in distance running great um okay right we're nearing the end i just want to put up um this was a nice little plug for you how much are you paying for this tony hayden says here we go all you guys should be on claire's side it's amazing her cost is a super too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh thanks tony <laughs> there we oh, go uh, tony actually is he's a is a, a great um He's a personal trainer that's done all the um, ever, um, injury management courses uh, that I've that I've run. He's he's super busy. He's mopping up the market of, of people that are uh, I'm turning people away that, that are injured in gyms. Um, he's doing a fantastic job. Um, so thank you for that. <laughs> that, that turning, what a great note to um, end on as well. But there is an awful lot of information on there and you're really active with social media. There's plenty of great quality stuff that people can look at now. And then, of course, we courses as well. On that note, have you got anything in particular coming up that people should be aware of? Um, so COVID has scuppered all the in-person courses, as it has for everybody. So they're setting off again in um, September. So there's a courses tab on my website. So just check that out. We've got an amazingly popular online course, uh, Strength and Conditioning for Therapists, um, that's launching again in September. And there's some other really exciting things to uh, to announce in the rest of the, later in the year. But in order to get all that information, um, if you go onto the website at the bottom, on bottom of most pages, there's a box to sign up for a free 14-page Strength and Conditioning Guide um which applies to therapists as well so it's free uh you get the the guide you can use it straight away but it also means you're on the mailing list so you'll get all the information about any courses or anything exciting that's, that's coming up um first and also you'll get the blog uh straight into your inbox so the strength and conditioning blog that i write attempt to write uh weekly or every other week <laughs> um, but uh, that you'll get those as well so make sure you sign up for that that uh, and download it check your junk mail as well so it doesn't pull it out of the junk so you get to uh, download it so like tony says it is a great site yeah and you can find everything you need there and of course the biggest part of your life in october is going to be on the 29th and 30th without down a shadow in yes. hopefully touch wood yeah that'd be great coast um it'd be fantastic i hope that does work i hope it does work otherwise we'll yeah, be virtual really right Claire, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it's been it. A pleasure. It's been a um, pleasure. There's a lot of people in the house today for you, a lot of love. So if you have got any further questions, I apologize if I didn't have time to read them out. Um, 
yeah i mean they're all up there um so uh do fire them across to the website and let's just show that once more before i say goodbye to claire so get back to sport it's there it's a nice blue one lovely very very attractive website very friendly and all the tabs you need are on there claire thank you so much um i'm going to just put you down in the lobby for a sec have a beer there enjoy yourself <laughs> well, thanks, for, thanks for inviting me on it's been a, it's a big pleasure thanks for everybody for the question cool. as well so yeah thank I'll you so much you soon. i'll speak to you in a second Right, there we go. Fantastic. Um, thank you so much to Dr. Claire Minshew. Um, wow, you can see it. When there's loads of information, I just don't get time to go through the questions. Um, yeah, so apologies if you didn't get your questions asked tonight. But like I say, go to the website. And uh, Claire is very, very active and make sure that she tries to get back to as many people as possible. Right, uh, we've gone over a bit. Jeez, my dinner's going to be in the bin. Um, let's have a talk about what I've got coming up. Um, let me look at my crib sheet. <laughs> okay mike james i know um i'm with mike tomorrow i keep getting this i've <laughs> i put so many social media links out saying i'm talking to mike on sports injury fix on tuesday on wednesday on thursday afternoon saturday midnight it's actually tomorrow isn't it mike yeah friday at nine o'clock in the morning which is tomorrow isn't it friday yeah so yeah you can join me i'm in the hot seat answering questions from mike james which hopefully it's not all about beard growth just deal with it, mate. I've got more testosterone than you. It's not something to be ashamed of. And I'm sure your wife understands. So um, I'll be in the hot seat. So join me at Sports Injury Fix with Mike tomorrow. What I am excited about as well, a little bit of a curveball for Run Chat Live, but I will be bringing you Friday um, at one o'clock, different day, um, because I've got an artist on the show. Um, it's interesting one. So Nadea Miranda is a fantastic female vocalist. I mean, I followed her for a long time since the days back in Brighton with the Love Gods. Um, if you don't know her, by asking a few people, especially if they're connected with Brighton, they will know the Love Gods and they may even know that um, uh, Nadia was involved in. Do you remember classic? Uh, do you remember Nouvelle Vague? That kind of whole bossa nova 80s tunes thing, which is on every cafe. Well, it all started with um, Nouvelle Vague. Um, she's got a fantastic voice. She's doing loads of shows. And it happens to be, when I asked her, that she wants to. She's got barriers against running. She likes the idea of running a, uh, a marathon. So I thought a crossover here. I get to fire questions to her about music that I've followed for probably mid-2000s, so 15 years, and still follow her. And she'll be able to explain to me why she likes the idea of a marathon, but is not ready to sit out and do a marathon. Um, it all sparked up as well. Just a quick plug for this book I'm reading at the moment um which apparently i should know about apparently all endurance runners know about it um i got an audible where it was very cheap i think it's seven quid or something um but it's by a guy haruki murakami who's a japanese um author um and it's about his 20 years experience of kind of running um six miles a day um, and about his thoughts it's a beautiful book it really set me off a wonderful trail run the other day because i was just thinking about his descriptions of observations of wildlife and the animals and it's and about his self-doubt um and it's it's a fantastic book um i would recommend it it's cheap it's easy to listen to and read but it's beautiful so there's my little plug for this week you could read it in a week um it's it's that kind of book you just keep looking at and listening to but i'll be mentioning that with um nadia as well uh, friday one o'clock so nothing next thursday it'll be friday one o'clock um talking to nadia miranda right that's it people sorry we've run over 15 minutes but guest this week was a bit special wasn't she so um thank you very much again to dr claire minchel um and uh see you tomorrow morning nine o'clock with mike james and if not tune in again friday one o'clock next week that's it thank you very much hope you've enjoyed yourselves spread the word and uh and keep two meters take care 
You're listening to Run Chat Live podcast, putting the evidence back into running injury and performance.